I'm so excited about today's interview because this bonus episode is just, ah, this person has just become one of my dearest friends and we are just having so much fun on this entrepreneur journey together. We've been chatting back and forth ever since we first met several months ago and we've just learned so much from each other and y'all, it's not like she's not even a business coach. Okay. Like I want to throw that out there. Like she is in health and wellness and she is a nurse and she just has so much insight into the health and wellness community, but we relate on so many things related to business. So I'm just so excited. You're going to get some tactical information about your health. You're going to get some information about your online business, and you're probably going to learn several different things. So let's just dive right in. Welcome to the Profit Podcast, where we teach entrepreneurs how to start, launch, and market their podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Prophet, and I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Because if you've been thinking about creating a podcast for a while, well, I'm so glad you found this show. Think of this as the shortcut slash time-saving version of searching Google and YouTube for hours and hours trying to figure out the world of podcasting. Trust me, as a busy mama of three, I get it. You don't have a lot of time to be spent or wasted, I should say, searching the web, trying to find all the right ideas and all the amazing things that are out there and you just end up overwhelmed. Trust me, I've been there, done that, took home the souvenir. But this podcast is going to help you in practical ways because twice a week we'll be delivering episodes that are going to give you steps to help you create a podcast your audience can't wait to listen to. So let's get right to it, shall we? Holy moly, this podcasting stuff is so overwhelming. I don't even understand, like you have to pick out equipment and then you have to decide on a name and then you have to say, you know, am I going to have guests? Am I not going to have guests? Like, what am I, like just all the questions, right? I totally get it. This is exactly where I started when I first started podcasting. I had all of the exact same questions and I, to be perfectly honest, was overwhelmed totally overwhelmed with what I was doing. So I don't want you to feel that way. I've actually created a page specifically dedicated for people that want to start, launch, and market their podcast. It's at crystalprofit.com slash start here. And there you're going to find our three-step framework for you to start, launch, and market your podcast. Everything is in one place and you can find all of the details for how you can create your podcast this year. So ditch the overwhelm and let's get after it. Let's do this thing together. Again, that's crystalprofit.com slash start here. And be sure to grab all of the amazing freebies while you're there, including the quick and dirty video. You'll see what I'm talking about when you get there. So like I said earlier, I'm really excited about this interview because Shauna Curry, who is our guest today, has just become such a cool person to talk to. You're going to love our interview. First of all, I'm just going to throw that out there. Like we are just kindred spirits and she's my, you know, soul sister on so many levels, which is hilarious because she lives in Calgary, Canada, and um, I live in Houston, Texas. So we couldn't be further apart from each other physically, but In the entrepreneurial sense, we are just right there in the thick of everything and we're on the same journey as far as growing and scaling our business and trying new things. So you're just going to get so much out of this interview today. But I want to tell you a little bit more about Shauna. So she's made her mark in the health and wellness space as an Amazon bestselling author and international speaker through her podcast appearances, just like this one, and her personalized health coaching. This variety of experience has built a community of clients who have benefited from 
her intimate and inspiring health and wellness information. Her writing has been published in Forbes, Inc., Apple News, Impact, and Bloom magazines. Her company, Health Redesigned, has been dedicated to total health solutions and all of the aspects of healthy living, including fitness, sleep, nutrition, self-help, and overall lifestyle strategies. And y'all, Shauna is just committed to helping people become the happiest and healthiest versions of themselves. I know you've heard me say that before. It's like, you know, just being the absolute best version of yourself. And I think that's probably why we connect on such a deep level. But over two decades, she has made her mark in the health and wellness space with live speaking engagement, published health articles, and personalized health and fitness trainings. And through all of this, Shauna has continued to work as a registered nurse, professional coach, and fitness instructor. This variety of experience has built a community of clients who benefit from her special form of intimate and inspiring health and wellness information. Shauna's connections with her clients comes from her own unique journey to complete health and wellness. Her passion comes from her own experience overcoming feelings of being broken. Over the years, Shauna struggled with food sensitivities, inflammation, and recovering from multiple sports injuries. She used her education and experience in the health and wellness world and some personal experimentation to find a program that allowed her to reach her goals and overcome her health challenges. She now uses this experience, her own personal journey, to inspire women to take charge of their own health and feel their best. So, oh my gosh, like I said, I'm so excited for this interview. I can't wait to see what you think about it too. So here's my interview with Shauna. Okay, Ricky Podcast listeners, I'm so excited to introduce to you today our guest, Shauna Curry. So welcome to the show, Shauna. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, so let's just dive right into it. Tell us a little bit about your journey and who you are and how it is that you are where you are today. Yeah, so I, I mean, I have many different stories, but uh, the, the long and short of it is that I'm, I'm a health guide, and uh, what, what does that really mean, and uh, where did I get to where I'm at? Um, it's, it's been kind of a journey com- combined with my own health challenges and then my own kind of academic stuff that's brought me to where I am, but the, the more interesting part of that story is really my own health journey, and so had jaw surgery when I was 18 because of a, a large overbite, had some reconstruction, and then because of that, struggled with a lot of other health challenges that came as a result of being on antibiotics for, for six months after because of chronic sinus infections. And so I ended up with things that young, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds don't have, things like shingles three times, staph infections, fungal infections, gout, inflammation so bad I had to walk upstairs sideways, my sleep fell apart, I was only getting two to three hours a night, Um, my mood fell apart because I wasn't sleeping, and I literally thought I was going crazy. And all of this was happening while I was going through a kinesiology degree, working as a personal trainer and a coach, and eventually moving into nursing. Um, but still really struggling with this weird stuff that just kept cropping up and and feeling broken all the time and couldn't figure out what was going on. And so my my story really evolves out of how did I, you know, essentially fix myself and learn to not feel broken anymore? And and how do I apply that to my business as a nurse and, and the coaching work that I do in terms of being able to help other people and really prevent people from going through that same struggle that I did? And know, not feeling broken and finding ways to ultimately take care of your own health, to feel empowered, even though the medical system might say you don't have a disease, you don't have a medical condition, um, but but you're not well. And and we know that there's a differentiation between having a disease, but not, you know, versus not being well. And so my, my mission now is to go out and to help as many people as I can to feel their best so that they can live a richer and happier life. That's awesome. Excuse me. And I just... I've noticed this pattern that, um, that guests that we have on the show, you know, there's, they have this idea, they have this business that is born out of a personal experience for them. And I think that that just gives you so much credibility and so much connection to the people that you work with. So, um, do you find yourself when you're working with someone just telling them like, look, I understand, you know, maybe it's something that's hard or it's something that's new. Do you use a lot of your own personal story in the way that you help your clients? Absolutely. I find that sharing my story really builds a lot of credibility. If, if you were to see me, 
I look like I've got it all together. So I'm to, to give some perspective, I'm, I'm five foot five, I'm 120 pounds, I'm quite lean. Um, the weight that I have on my body is fairly muscular. So you look at me and I look healthy, I look like this, you know, fairly active person. And so you think, well, what does she know about struggling? And I've actually had a lot of clients, I've, I've been coaching probably almost 20 years now in different capacities. And I've had clients be like, wow, like they, they've got their own struggles. And while they're different from the struggles that I've had, it opens this door in terms of accessibility with them because they think, you know, they've, they've admitted to me to say, wow, like I, I didn't think you knew what it was like to have challenges or to have struggles. And, and now I feel like I can trust you more and I can relate to you more. And, and I find that for me initially sharing my story was incredibly vulnerable and I felt very exposed sharing that because I feel like in the health world, I've got to have my act all together. If I'm telling you to do this, I'd better be able to do it myself and have that all together and have this really like perfect, if you will, image of myself to show to the world of like showcase, like these are all the great things I tell you to do and look at how amazing I am. And yet on the inside, there's times where it's like, oh my God, I so don't have it together. And it's, it's really important, like the more composed I tried to be, the less I connected with my clients. And the more that I open myself up and, and share my story, the more connection I actually build, the more trust that I build. Um, and that, that really just helps to pro propel my business. That's awesome. Yeah. And I just, you know, when it comes to something like weight and especially with women, which I'm sure, you know, you've experienced this either yourself personally or with your friends or family or your clients, like it's just something that either we don't want to talk about or something that we just feel so much shame about. And it's just, oh, it just breaks my heart um, because I've had my own weight struggles. I mean, I've had three kids. I've gone up, I've gone down. I've gone like totally just not taking care of myself for a long, you know, time frame. So um, I can personally relate to anything to do with weight loss. But I think that it's so important to have people like you. And I love that you have these credentials and these certifications. I mean, you're a nurse, like you're not just, you know, someone that's saying, oh, okay, like I kind of know how the body works. Like you've actually gone to school and you're educated in this. So, um, from that standpoint, um, what has your journey been like from you were a nurse and doing these other things into what you're doing now? Like, can you kind of walk us through the transition? Is that something that you're still doing? Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's definitely still still something that I'm doing. While I would love for my business to be fully sustainable and running on its own, I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, you know, and for anyone who's starting out to really think about that transition is like, I know there's a lot of information out there that's like, don't have a backup plan and like jump in with both feet and you can do this and believe in yourself. And, and I'm going to, can I swear on your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. I'm, I'm going to call bullshit on that because there's like, I'm not saying don't have cheerleaders, but I think one of my biggest challenges was that I had so many amazing cheerleaders. Like I, I did not have a problem finding cheerleaders. I actually had a problem finding people to say, you need to really think this through, or you need to think objectively about this. I'm like, that's great that you have this vision. How are you going to get there? And so like that bigger picture is like, I think a lot of us are like, you know, you hear about these $10,000 launches for courses and you hear about like these overnight successes. Well, that overnight success took them five years or 10 years to become an overnight success. Like the chance of literally like starting your business one day and being incredibly successful within a year is actually really, really slim. And to be, to be really open and honest about that is so many people go in and, and I went in with these blindfolds on too, thinking, you know, that I'm, I'm going to be successful. It's going to take some time. And you know, like I'll be there within six months or a year because I've got this great background. Well, yes, like I've got two degrees, I've got almost 20 years of experience, and I've been working my butt off for four years. And only now, after like four hard years of pouring my heart and soul into my business, is it really starting to get legitimate traction versus like a little interest here, a little interest here. And along the way, you have to pay your bills. Like you, you have to pay your mortgage, you have to eat, and you have to look out for the sanity of your relationship with your partners. Is like this is financial stress is like one of the worst stressors on a relationship. And it doesn't matter what type of a relationship you have, if you're married, if you're common law, if you're whatever, financial stress is not a good thing on, on your relationship. And it's really considering like, what is this worth to you? And I am pursuing my dream. I am pursuing my passion and I love it to pieces, but I still need to work in the hospital to pay my bills. And, and it's a struggle of like it, it working as a nurse takes away from my 
time that's available to build my business. And so it's kind of this like tug back and forth of what's more important. But at the end of the day, like, are you paying your bills? Are you paying yourself something? You know, are you keeping your partner happy? And, you know, so it's, it's not just this easy, like wave a magic wand, jump in with both feet and it'll be there. And, and like, I've, I've got the background, I've got the education, like I'm not just coming in and winging this and being like, oh, we'll just sort it all out. Like, you know, I'll just have this info. Like I'm a credible person and it's still challenging. I love that you just said that. Like, I feel like you just pulled back the curtain and you said, okay, rookies, this is legit, <laughs> like how it is. And I'm so grateful that you said that because I do feel like there's so much out there that's like, you can start a business and you can have millions of followers and digital courses and do all this stuff overnight. And, um, I just love that you're, you know, you're still doing it. It needs to happen. You're still basically owning your responsibilities that you've already committed to, you know, whether it was a job or a mortgage or whatever it is. And I just really applaud you for saying that because I think that there's someone out there that needed to hear that today because that just needs to cut through the noise of, and it's crap. It's crap. Like, that's what it is. It's all crap when people are saying all these things that you and I both know, because I've been doing this for five years, probably the last six months has been like, like you said, I'm starting to see traction because when you first start out, you don't know what you're doing anyway. And that is like, so speak to that a little bit, like speak to what were some of the aha moments or the biggest mistakes that you made when you first decided, Hey, I'm going to try this side thing. That's completely different than my regular job. Like, tell us about that. Yeah. So, I mean, some, some big aha moments is like this, this actually all started from my desire to write a book. And so I told my husband, I want to write a book. And he's like, great, write a book. I'm like, but I want to write a book. He's like, then write a book. And I was like, but I'm, I'm going to write a book. He's like, then write the freaking book. Like, just get out there and do it. And I was so caught up in the idea of talking about writing this book. I wasn't fully committed to actually doing it. And then he's like, okay, like you, you, where, where does the rubber hit the road? And I kind of thought about it. And I like, I had been chewing on this idea that I had been evolving with clients that I had been working with for years. And like, I was getting results that other personal trainers weren't getting. I was getting results that other nurses weren't getting. And I knew I was onto something and, and this connection of looking at addressing all of your seven pillars of health instead of just addressing like the exercise pillar while we're personal training or just the mental or medical conditions pillar when we're nursing. And like, there's, you have to look at the bigger picture. And so, um, kind of getting back to the idea of a book is like, my husband was one of the few people to critique me and be like, well, what makes your book different? And I was like, well, it just is like, it's just gonna, and he's like, why would I pick up your book off of the shelf versus any other book out there? And so I really had to dig deep to be like, okay, A, do I want to write this book? And then B, like, how am I marketing myself so that, yeah, I'm different than all of the other quick fixes and like the Jillian Michaels books that are out there or the Tony Robbins books that are out there are like, who am I and what's my personality? What's my take on this whole big picture? Because we are caught up in a giant storm of all of this information and in, like the health and wellness space is so crowded to stand out is really challenging at this point. Um, you know, so, so biggest learnings were that I, I kind of dove in thinking like, I'm going to write a book and then this whole thing, because now I've got, got credibility, I'm, I'm all of a sudden things are going to unfold and it really doesn't unless you are someone like Tony Robbins, like Oprah, like Brene Brown, like you've got a name and you write a book, it's going to hit New York times bestseller, which is way more of a hoax than you actually think it is. Like to get on New York Times is actually a systematic process. It's not by chance. Like there are ways to rig it to make sure you get onto that list. But now you've got this instant credibility to be this like best-selling author on New York Times. And so kind of through that whole process, it's like, okay, but us people who are just like, we're the little guys. Like we are, we are a drop in the bucket. We are these non-existent people. Like if you're starting out your business, how do you differentiate yourself? And so I think, yes, the idea of like jumping in with both feet for someone with a big name is one thing, but for someone like us to jump in and to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to expect this kind of success that, you know, Brendan Burchard is, is experiencing or like just all the big names that you're like, wow, like, you know, these people just like they made it. Is, is that we have to work way harder. And so I would say like, don't quit your day job, like have, have your stability and then do your passion project, whatever that is in your spare time. So that, you know, for you could be early mornings, maybe it's evenings, maybe it's weekends. And like, 
it's going to take years to build your program, whatever kind of business you're doing. And so making that transition. So if you've got the type of job where you can go from working five days a week and then eventually you can work four days a week and then eventually work three days a week, like obviously that would kind of be an ideal. Not every job works that way, right. but it's the work your job until your side hustle builds to the point that you physically cannot do both anymore. And then have a backup plan for like a part-time job to like help pay the bills as that bridge. And so for me, that's like nursing has very much been flexible in that regard is that I, I intentionally work as a casual nurse instead of having a specific line. So I don't have a guaranteed number of shifts, which has its pros and cons. But for me, it works really well in that my hubby's a shift worker, so I can kind of work around his schedule. But then I can also say I'm going to work more this week because I have less going on in my business or, or vice versa. And so I think like that was one of the biggest learnings is like, don't, don't jump in too quickly. And then other business tips are like things around the logistics in your business. Like people are going to tell you, you need to be incorporated and you need to have a website and you need a lawyer for this and you need to trademark this and you need to have like great branding and you need great business cards. I'm like, when you add up all of those expenses, that is a ton of money. And, and really like to, to run like a bare bones business, you're probably looking at about, you know, two, two to $5,000 per year minimum without really even spending money on marketing or, or like any of those kinds of advertising efforts. Like that's just covering the cost of having an email and a website and like the, the basics that you need to run a business. So if you can't afford the, you know, the 2000 or the $5,000 to just do that, you're not ready. Like you're not even there. And then, I mean, the other big thing is to really ask the right questions and, and really search around, like, is there actually a need for what you're product is or what your business is. And, you know, I went in and so my original plan with my business was that in, in the healthcare world, I had worked as a chronic, chronic disease nurse for several, several years and really wanted to teach other nurses and doctors how to do what I do because I was getting such great results. And so I would talk to them and the feedback that I got was like, yes, this is such a great idea. It's so needed. And so I'm like, great, pursued it. Didn't ask any further questions because I'm like, yes, I got the validation that I needed. I only listened to what I wanted to hear and spent a full year swimming against the current, not getting traction because yes, while they thought it was a great idea, they didn't want to spend the time or the money to learn themselves. They just wanted to send their customers to me. And it took me and my thick head a year to figure out how to like actually listen to that and, and to hear the message, to get the right information, to be like, oh, so you don't actually want to pay me for what I'm trying to do? And, and so once I got that feedback to be like, wow, I'm not actually targeting the doctors, I'm targeting the patients. And so then I was able to change my whole program around and revamp everything. So similar material written very differently instead of doctors speak it's now plain language and then learning different ways of like how do you get that into the right market and, and it's still a struggle to find out like what are what are the right avenues and you know trying to get into doctors offices is is challenging like doctors don't want to buy one more thing and so yes I still think it's an area that's needed but I think I'm still very early in terms of the product that I have for what I'm attempting to do and, and that it's just going to take a couple more years to build more credibility before they actually say hmm, she's actually got something that we want and I, I know they want it I think they just don't know they want it and so it's that time versus money and effort and like you you need to pay your bills so the business needs to be sustainable and those other things that you're like well maybe it could help this person too like that can come later you know but you need to find your core market of like who actually wants your product so is your product a viable product is it a needed product and are people willing to pay for it and if those three things don't check out then you don't have a business and and all three of them have to work are you sure you're not a business coach <laughs> Because I, I feel like, like horses. <laughs> oh my gosh, like that was just, that was amazing because I feel again, once again, just ripping back the curtain because I talk a lot about, I'm very frugal and that's something that my listeners know. Like I talk about, I try to save money all the time because I stay at home. My husband works full time and we learned a long time ago when I quit my corporate job how to live off of one income very comfortably. Like we, you know, but we cut back, like we are bare bones budget. Like we, you know, like we just do things in a very frugal way. And I'm totally fine with that. The kids are fine with that and everything. But I believe that having that quality very early on in my business 
has helped me figure things out. Like just try, you know what, I'm going to try this. And if it doesn't work, then I'm going to try this. But I've talked about being frugal. I've never actually talked about the money, like the dollars in a way that you just did. Like it really does take anywhere from two to $5,000 to get started. If you're going to have an online business and you did, you just covered the very, very minimum basics of an email service provider and a website. And that doesn't even go into Facebook ads if you want to do that or any other kind of thing. So I'm so glad that you mentioned all of those things and your struggles and your mistakes and your aha moments, because um, I think that that was just so valuable. So thank you so much. That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> and, and another part of it that people don't talk about often enough is like, what is your financial risk level? And so interestingly enough, my hubby and I were looking at kind of redoing some of our financial things and the wills and like all those kinds of things. And so one of the parts of that was that we had to fill out this financial risk questionnaire. And so the, like the funny thing about that is like, he is on the most conservative end and he is like, I do not like risk at all. And then I'm not quite to the opposite extreme, but, but almost like we are almost polar opposites in terms of financial risk. So for him, like that safety, security, stability are so critically important. And for me, I'm like, yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm like I'm definitely frugal. And so like I, in, in our personal life, like I am the penny pincher and I'm like, where's this? Like, why did you spend $5 on a coffee? Like we could have had coffee at home. It could have been cheaper. And like, why are we paying for parking? We can just like walk, you know, walk an extra few blocks and it's free parking over there. It's $2. Like I'm, I'm so frugal in my personal life. And yet he's like the frugal one for my business. And he's like, why are you spending $12 a month on this scheduling software or this? Or like, where's that coming from? And like, so in some ways, like we're total, like we really balance each other out, but, but it's considering like, what is your risk tolerance in terms of like, if, if you have a partner that needs stability and you're kind of like me and you're like, oh, we'll figure it out. Like, it, you know, it'll sort out eventually you need to consider your partner's risk and, and be mindful of that. You can't just be totally out there with no stability for this person that needs stability is like a fundamental part of who they are. Right. Right. And that's so good to bring in, you know, even if, you know, I'm sure maybe your husband is involved in your business, maybe he's not, but even in that back end, like that financial conversation that it's just like, look, you know, here's the, here's what's going on. Cause I know my husband and I kind of do the same thing. Like he, is kind of aware of things that are going on in the business, but he's not, you know, he's not reading all the emails and all the posts and watching all the videos. He's just like, I love you, honey, but you talk so much. And, he, <laughs> and he's like, you know, hey, we've gotten to arguments about like my, one of the colors of my brand. He's like, it's too bright. And I'm like, well, you're not my target market. I'm talking to women. I'm not talking to guys. So go, go somewhere with that. I don't, you know, I love you, but I don't care. <laughs> but I do think it's so, you know, it's so important to have, uh, like you said, like those cheerleaders that are there for you, you know, they're, they're on your side. But I love the idea, going back to what you said earlier about that, like that tough love person, you know, and I think it's so important for everyone to have someone and it could be your partner. It could be, you know, a friend or, you know, a mentor that you have, you know, online, you know, doing like, I know y'all can't see us, but we're doing a Zoom call. Like we're face to face talking to each other right now. And I think that those things are so important to have, especially when you're starting you want to look towards someone that is further along or that is gone places where you want to go. So with that being said, do you have people in your life um, that you kind of just observe from afar or do you have someone that you work with um, when it comes to running your online business? Yeah. So I've, I've got a couple and, and I think it's important to sort of have both ends of that spectrum. So I mean, I have people that I look up to in terms of like the bigger picture. And, and so as an example, like Amy Porterfield is someone who, you know, I don't necessarily, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with like every single thing that she says because our businesses are very different, but I, I can see it, I followed her for many years now and, you know, I've seen where she started from and where she has evolved to, I mean, maybe not exactly where she started from, but like the evolution of her business and like the information that she puts out and she's very authentic in, in the way that she delivers her information. And so, I mean, she's someone that I, I look up to in terms of like one day I would like to be in a similar position. 
um, another another kind of person in that world is is Grace Lever, and so in Australia, um, similar type of idea. And it's like, okay, what are what are those women doing? And like, they, I mean, they are very open about like, I didn't start here, you know. And I think that's important. Is like, you can't just jump in and try to be Amy Porterfield. You can't just try to be Grace Lever. And like, you have to look at like they have evolved over this process of learning what's worked and what hasn't worked. And I mean, they also have teams that are working behind them. And so. I was trying to keep up with a content schedule very similar to what those women were putting out by myself on top of like doing everything else. Like you're the chief, the cook, the bottle washer, the person that does everything. And so like I had a marketing person look at my schedule and they're like, who created this? And I was like, I did. And they're like, it is ridiculous. Like as the marketing person, I couldn't even do this. And I was like, oh, that's why I feel like I'm drowning. Yeah. And so yes, like while those people have this like great marketing plan or they have like, they have it all together, you have to start somewhere else. So my other connection are people who are in, in my community. So I'm, I'm in Calgary, Alberta. And so I've got other coaches, um, people in the health and wellness industry that are doing similar, but different things. So I've, I've got, um, some colleagues who are doing fitness programs or doing mental health programs, or like they've kind of got one pillar of health, not necessarily all seven, but I mean, some of them, we, we kind of have like a monthly meeting where we get together and we're like, okay, what have you done? And what have you done? And what's working? What's not working? I've got a physiotherapist. I do the same thing with, and so we're not in direct competition. So it's easy to share ideas back and forth. Right. And then you can, you can cry, you can vent, like I literally had a cry session with somebody yesterday to just be like, oh my God, like the struggle is real. I am working so hard and it's not paying off. Like, what am I doing wrong? And sometimes you just need somebody to, to vent with, to feel like you're not alone. And you can't do that with Amy Porterfield because she doesn't know you and you don't have that relationship. And so it's kind of having a combination of both. Like, yes, you've got your ideal of like, if I could, if you know, wave my magic wand, it would all come together. That like, what kind of moment is like, yeah, that, that would be great. And I would love to hit that. But statistically, the odds are stacked against us. Like businesses have, what is it? Like a 90 plus failure rate. Right. 90 yeah. I think really only about 2% of businesses in five years are actually successful. So, I mean, it doesn't matter how much blood, sweat, and tears you pour into your business. The stats, unfortunately, say that 98% of us are going to not be in business in five years. Mm -hmm. And so do you have this, the tenacity and that inner strength to be like, I am going to push through no matter what happens, regardless of like, it is a rocky road. It is not all smooth. And I'm sure you can attest to this. It's like, I'm, there's been like little infographics that go out and like what you think entrepreneur life is like, and it's this like straight upward line. And then there's the other picture of like what entrepreneur life is literally like, and it's either like an up, down, up, down, up, down grid, or it's this like twisty spider web that's yeah. like, all the lines are overlapping kind of like a ball of yarn. And you're like, yeah, that is, that is reality. Like it is not a smooth road. It's all happy and wonderful bullshit. It is life it's raw like I have high moments where I'm like oh my god I just got a great contract this is amazing I'm on the top of the world or you know I, you leave a speaking gig and you feel energized and empowered and I'm like I love speaking and so for me like I, I walk out of some of these events I'm like oh my god that was so fantastic and then on the flip side like you have something that you put your heart and soul into and it flops or it doesn't work out or your program doesn't run because you don't get enough registrants really and then you're so low and it's this like can you handle that and, and some people can and some people can't. It's, it's hard. Right, right. Oh, man, I feel like, you know, did we even talk about what it is that you actually do? Because guys, <laughs> Donna is not a business coach, but man, about her strategies and stuff. But, you know, it's a very common theme that I see, um, like you said, because you've been doing this, would you say for four years, five years? Yeah, like the, the official business has been running for four years and it's it's been in the works even before that. So But yeah. see, but that's the that's the part that I love is what um what somebody may not understand if you're just starting an online business or you're thinking about it, I bet Shauna and I could sit here and tell you all the times that we watched. Like I don't I feel like I spent years just watching what other people were doing how they were executing their plans or how their websites look. Oh my gosh, I totally geek out on just going and looking at people's websites and dreaming like, oh, one day when I have money, like, this is like our website. <laughs> yeah, and they're custom builds and we can't afford that. So like you need no. the website program that just like, 
gives you the basics. <laughs> right, exactly. But I just, I, I love everything that you've said about, you know, it's, it's so, it, it's so great to hear a real person who has like the struggle is real, right? Like the hashtag struggle is real because there's just so much misguided information and so many people that are trying to unfortunately prey on people that don't know any better. And then people are spending thousands of dollars in a misguided way. And then comes, you know, they come out a year later and like, Hey, guess what? I'm not any further along in my journey than I wanted to be. So, oh, that just, so if y'all have any questions, y'all email Shauna and I, and we will tell y'all what it's really like, because like she said, it's, they're all full of shit. And it's just like, it's not, oh, uh, we'll, we'll give you the real information. Okay. For sure. And, and those things have their place, like not to dismiss them all, but it's not a quick fix. Like you can't just buy this, like, you know, buy the, uh, the hacks for this or like the, um, you know, the little scripts of like, what's your email script for this? Or like, sure, you can buy those, but that's what has worked for that one person in their circumstance. And you have to tweak it and adjust it and play with it to make it work for you. And it's not just this quick, like, oh, if I just stick this in my business, everything will be better. It's a lot of effort and constantly trying and, you know, seeing what works and what doesn't work and getting rid of what's not working and trying new things. And it's a process. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for just sharing all, all the behind the scenes stuff with your business, because I just know that that really resonated with someone, but I want to, um, I want to talk about your book again, real fast. So what is the title of your book? Are uh, we already heard a little bit about, you know, what motivated, motivated you to write it, but what is the title of the book? Where can people find it? And what was the moment like whenever it was finished? I want to know. Oh. So the book is called Healthy by Choice, Your Blueprint for Vital Living. And you can either find it through my website or through Amazon is, is the best way to get it. Um, and then, sorry, you wanted to know what it was about? Yeah, what it, what, tell us, tell us who was who this book written for? Because I know that that was part of your strategy. Who was the book written for? Yeah, so the book was written for people who are in a position where they feel like they've kind of tried everything. They're not really thick. So perhaps you, I mean, you could have a condition, like say like diabetes or you're obese or things like that. But generally you're in this spot where you're feeling stuck. You don't really know what to do. You don't really fit the criteria for different medical conditions, but you just like, you don't feel your best. And so the book talks about seven core pillars of health and how to use those pillars and, and figure out where your weakest link is to strengthen that weakest link to get the biggest return for your buck. And so it focuses on time-tested and true strategies. This is not a um, guide to give you a quick meal plan or an exercise plan. I give you the blueprint so that you can customize it to your own life. So for example, in nutrition, like I teach you how to eat, not what to eat. Or for exercise, I talk about the components of exercise that you need to have to be strong and healthy and not have joint pain. But I don't tell you what workout you need to do. So it's up to you to kind of use that information and apply it to the interest that you have. If I said everyone needs to run marathons and you say, well, I hate running marathons, it's not going to work for you. Right. You need to have some cardio. You need to have some strength training. But how you do that is, is based on your interests, your time, your schedule, like your um, ability to exert energy. Like not everyone can do that. And, and even with your pillars, it's this constant evolving thing. Like you might have something going on where that pillar just can never be where you really ideally want it to be. So example, you're a new mom. Like if you're, you've just got a brand new baby, your pillar of sleep is never going to be a 10 out of 10 right now, unless for some reason you have a miracle baby that sleeps through the night. Um, probably not happening. Like I don't know anyone out of all my girlfriends that have had babies. But I don't know anyone that that's ever happened. So then you focus on your other pillars because you just say, you know what? I know that my pillar of sleep is maybe at best going to be a six out of 10. And that's just the way it is for the next couple of years. And we're going to deal with it. So then it's not about this pressure of like, you're a bad person or like, how can you be such a failure for not sleeping through the night? And well, everyone else does it. Why can't you? It's, it's not about the guilt. It's not about the shame. It's about working with what you've got and what's going on in your life. Um, so it's, it's just tying all that together to give you a nice little package to say, here's your blueprint, use it as you will. And by focusing on all of those pillars, you're going to get way better results than saying, I'm just going to do sleep or I'm just going to do nutrition. You don't have to do them all at one time, but eventually you need to address all those areas. Um, so 
asked about opening or like how, how it felt uh, to, to see that. And I think the moment didn't really hit me in terms of when I finished it or when I, I, I self-published. I worked with an editor and a, a printer and so um, went through that process. Like seeing the cover was really exciting and like working through and I mean even the title for my book evolved so much. I think at one point it was like 10,000 words. It, it really wasn't but the, the title was so long and it like I come from a science background and so it was more like you know how to tell how to be more. I can't even remember what it was but like it was a really lengthy title that was not very exciting and then it evolved over time. I'm like that's never gonna sell. Um, so for me, I think the moment really hit the reality of like, I wrote a book was when I opened it and I actually did a Facebook live opening the book and I'm on Facebook live and my husband's filming and I cut open the box and I see my book and I start bawling and I'm like, Oh my God, this is on Facebook live. Everybody can see <laughs> overwhelming, um, pride that had, had just, you know, I had never felt that proud of myself before for such a huge accomplishment. Like, you know, most people are like, I don't know anyone who's ever written a book. And, and I was like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, but it really is a big deal. Like it's a significant accomplishment. And, you know, to, to have that moment to open the book and to have that recorded on, on camera and to capture that raw emotion. I think actually the tears didn't show as much as I was really crying, um, <laughs> but, but a pretty incredible experience to be like, wow, this was the biggest goal I had ever had in my life. I had been talking about it for 10 years before it finally came to fruition and I did it. And so, yeah, it was a, a pretty amazing moment. That's so awesome. Um, I mean, and, and I'm a writer and I know other writers and I just, I just, I love hearing that part of the story because no one can ever take that away from you. Like you wrote a book, like that is a big, big deal. And like you said earlier, like the New York times bestsellers and all that stuff. It's like, you know, you can rig this and you can do that, but I don't even care. Like that's all the extra stuff that comes along on a writing journey but you made it to the finish line. Like that's all that matters. And so I just congratulate you because that's so amazing. And I can't wait. Like, I hope someone, you know, that's wanting to um, really dive deeper into their own health journey, like go grab her book. It's like, I love the cover, by the way. I thought it was really cool. I really like it. But I want to go into um, our next segment of the interview, and that's what we're calling our Keeping It Real questions. And these are just fun. We ask all of our guests these. But the first one is, what motivates you on days when everything is just super tough? You've spilled your coffee. You're running late. Like, nothing is going well. Like, what, what motivates you on those days? So that would have been yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, um, I think I cried about four times yesterday and it just like, it was one of those days that just felt super tough. And I think at the end of the day, what gets me through those kind of days is to know where I was on my own health journey and to know how low that I personally felt. And I don't want anyone else to feel that crappy and helpless and low. And I spent many years and I, I say feeling broken, but literally I felt broken to my core and I don't want anyone else to have to go through that again and that is that is what lights my fire is is helping other people so that they don't have to go through similar or or varying versions of the same story that I went through oh that's so good that's, that's such a good I love the personal touch that you add to you know any any part of your business because it does like that purpose is what keeps you going and you know because there are days where you just want to say I quit why am I doing this I can just do my nursing job and I can you know just keep going further into that if I wanted to but it's having that struggle and having that overcoming something and knowing like and telling other people you can do this too so that's so great I, I love that so my next question is do you consider yourself a perfectionist <laughs> 100%. 100%. I am like, I'm A plus, plus, plus. Like I'm, I'm all like not quite OCD, but like very much like things need to be so perfect. And I, I think it was actually Amy Porterfield that said it like 80% and ship it. And, and for me, like that is a huge mind shift of like, but I, but this has to be perfect. This has to be the best version. And what, what I've really learned by accepting that 80% is it actually takes more of your uh, personal self out of it. It really removes that like, 
oh my God, because you don't like it, this is an attack on me, on Shauna, because you don't like Shauna. Instead of saying, okay, I'm acknowledging this is 80% and it's not perfect. There's mistakes. And so now they're actually attacking the mistakes that I knew were either in there or it was missing or it had too much of this. Like, so then they're attacking that 20% that I knew was already there. And for perfectionistic type people, type A people like me, that's actually a really helpful approach. And, and it, it made a big difference for me to look at it that way. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I don't think I've heard that analogy before with the 80%. Like, that's great. I know because I'm a total Amy Porterfield. Shout out, Amy. We love you. Like, I'm a total Amy Porterfield nerd. And I love, um, there's one episode that she did on her podcast and it was with Brooke Castillo. And if you haven't listened to that one, go listen to it. But she talks about doing the B plus work. And it's, yes. oh, it's just so freeing to know that, these people, these women that have these multi-million dollar businesses, like this is how their mind works, but that's the only way to keep going. Cause I feel like perfectionism can really cripple you and hold you back because you just want to make it perfect. want to make it perfect. Did you experience that whenever you were writing your book? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like, I mean, it was literally done. We had submitted it to the publisher it was, or um, not to the publisher, but to, to the program that uploads it to Amazon and to Apple and Indigo right. and like that goes out. And I was going through it and I'm like, oh my God, there's an error here and there's an error here and there's a, and then this is wrong. And then I think a week after we had, uh, had uploaded it, there was some new information that came out about gut health. And I was like, oh my God. So I, ha I have a chapter on digestion and even writing the chapter was super challenging because I knew in a year from publishing that everything I wrote would pretty much be obsolete. And so then this new information comes out. I'm like, I am like totally contradicting this new information that has to be said. And so we were able to change those, but then the newest version that came out, there's still errors in it. And, and so like, you know, I'm keeping track of those little errors. So if I ever republish or anything, but I mean, you're never, and, and like, I looked over it. Um, the editor looked over it. Someone else on her team looked over it. Like we, you know, we spell checked it and it's not even things like it was the wrong spelling. It was like a different version of the word. So like I have a portion plate where I talk about foods. And so like it was the word muscles. So like the, the little clamshell type thing, but it was like, it was written as muscles, like my bicep. And I was like, it's, it's a correct word. It's just the wrong word for that place. Right. And so like, you know, the wording is like in my head, I knew what I was saying, but then the, like the way it's written, it implies something that contradicts what I actually wanted to. So like, you know, you think you've got all those things sorted out and, and you don't, there, there will probably always be like a spelling error somewhere or like a grammatical or like, and you just have to let it go and be like, yep, 80% we're good. Right. <laughs> Right. That's awesome. Well, I, I, love, I love that outlook because it's, you know, it's how you get stuff done. It's how you get a book published. Come on. Right. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying like throw out garbage work by no right. means. Definitely like work hard and put out something that you're proud of, but just, it doesn't have to be perfect when it goes out because the feedback that you'll get sometimes will make it even better than what you could have ever created on your own with what you've got going on in your own mind. Right. Well, and to your point, I remember I like as a writer, I read a published book. I don't remember if it was Penguin, Random House or something, but it was, you know, it was a big name publisher. And I remember seeing a spelling error. I remember seeing, and I was like, yes, because it's like, you know, even the big guys, you know, like they make mistakes. And so it's just so reassuring that, you know, nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. And perfection does not exist. And so, um, it's just, it's cool to, to hear that from another writer, but okay. So I have one last question for you. And that is if you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to her? Oh man, there are so many things. Um, what would I say? Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I think it would have to tie into like, don't tie up your identity into your business is that there's a lot of who you are as a person that gets really wrapped up in, in creating your, your business is like, this is what you do all the time. And like, it's a 24 seven job and, and I really work hard not to do it 24 seven, but there's, there's times that, you know, you have to respond to emails when you don't want, you know, when you're on family time or you have to do evening events or go do stuff on weekends. And like, it's not 24 seven every day, but, but it varies. And so 
when when this becomes your whole life and this becomes your identity and how you um, you know how you look at yourself is like I like my business is very based around who I am and my experiences and so I would I would say like find other ways to not not tie yourself up so much into your business because again we've we've got a 98% failure rate so when when that business inevitably unfortunately fails who are you as a person? And so be really like, have other ways, like have other hobbies, have other interests, have other things that you can do so that, yeah, if, if that business goes down the toilet, then, then you have other things that make you who you are and, and that you're, you know, you're still a mom, you're still a wife, you're still a really great friend. You're still an artist. You're still athletic. Like you still have all these other things that, that identify who you are, that you are not just your business. That's awesome. Oh, that's such a good place to end. So Shauna, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I want you to share with everyone, where can we find you? Where are all the places that you are online? And um, again, tell us the name of your book once more. That way, if someone wanted to go find it on Amazon, um, just give us all the information. Great. So you can find more about me at my website, healthlydesigned.com. And you can find my book there. I've got a link to it. So it's Healthy by Choice, Your Blueprint for Vital Living. You can also find it on Amazon. And then most of my social media is at Health Redesigned. And unfortunately, Twitter, the design, the ED on the end was taken. So I'm just Health Redesign on Twitter. And truthfully, I don't really use it very much. So it's not a huge deal. Um, and then I have a bunch of courses. I had one that I recently updated and redesigned. Uh, it's called the Your Lifestyle Redesign Program. And so for your listeners, I'd love to offer a little bit of coaching around that. So if you do sign up for that in the next 30 days from this podcast going live, I'm going to offer you a 10% discount and a 60 minute coaching session. So usually I only do 15 or maybe 30 at the most. I'm going to give you a full hour of my time and you just need to use the promo code rookie and that will give you all of that stuff. We'll tie that into the show notes as well. Perfect. Thank you so much. That's so sweet of you to do that. And y'all really take advantage of being able to work with Shauna because she's just such a great personality. I mean, I could tell like we just we're so far away. We're in like totally different realms of the universe, I feel like. But this was amazing. I just, I can't wait to chat more with you because I just feel a great connection. And I know that your heart is really in it to help people. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Crystal. And uh, it was, uh, it was really, really fun to do this with you. Oh my gosh, y'all. I told you, like, I just... She is my soul sister, and I'm so excited that we met, and I really encourage you to go check out her program and all the cool things that she has, and go grab your discount on her program. How awesome is that? You use the word rookie whenever you're checking out, or, you know, just feel free to message Shauna. Just say, Crystal sent me over here, and she'll know. She'll take care of you really well. But that does it for this episode. So if this is your first time tuning in, I'd love for you to subscribe and hear what other fun things we'll be talking about in the upcoming weeks. And remember, keep it up. We all have to start somewhere. 